Hi everyone, welcome back to Shelfmates. This week we're lacing up our Doc Martens and putting on our tiaras because we're covering the Meg Cabot book, The Princess Diaries. Let's get right into the conversation. Hi everyone, welcome back to Shelfmates. I'm Emily. I'm Melina. And I'm also Emily. And today we are covering um, Princess Diaries. And the most Meg you... Cabot classic. Yes. <laughs> and most of you are probably familiar with the movie um, where Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews are in. Today we are going to cover the first book. By Meg Cabot, who apparently has over 80 books. Meg Cabot has a ton Does of she books. sleep? Oh my I gosh. Honestly, wonder if she I don't feel like she's done ghostwriting, but I don't know if she has or not, but The it's Princess possible. Diaries has the original series has 10 books in it. Um and then she published another book about a couple years ago. The royal like, wedding one, right? The, yeah, it's about her royal wedding, Mia's, which was awesome. She also has been doing during the pandemic, she did like a two-week pandemic diary of Princess Mia. Um, That's cute. And it was awesome. It got me through the first part of quarantine. And it was everything that you would hope and dream for. Because I had, I, um, I think, listeners, I suggested this book. Because I read it in high school, in middle school, high school. And it's probably one of my favorite books from that time. I don't know. I related really hard with this. I mean, I'm not like a princess to a European principality, but I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to watch. I wanted to rewatch the movie before we did this, but I forgot. Because <laughs> I was way better. Yeah, the opinion. book was so. The book was so much more. Um, well, maybe not more fun, but I haven't seen the movie in a really long time, so. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really liked the movies growing up um, and didn't read any of the books. But yeah, we can definitely get into some of the differences about the book um, from the movies. So since the last book is Her Royal Wedding, do the two uh, movies pretty much summarize the ten books? No. So oh. this is all, this book only takes place over a month, this first yeah, yeah. one. So, so I feel like there's so much content. <laughs> yeah. The um so the first ten books, so the first movie is basically kind of covers the content of the first book. Now the main difference is the movie takes place on San Francisco. In the book, Mia lives in New York City in Greenwich Village, and her father, who has died in the movie, is alive in the books. Um, and he's Prince Felipe, and he's a whole character. Um. And the reason why he tells Mia that she's a princess is because he finds out he has testicular cancer and can't have any more children. Um, So the first 10 books take place over Mia's time in high school. So they start in her freshman year and end in her senior year. So all the content of the second movie is completely fictional. Um, Oh. I, I mean not fictional but like it's not in the books and then mm-hmm. the royal wedding book it's totally different um have you read all of them yes 
<laughs> oh my god i kind of am so tempted to read the rest of them because you... i had so much fun with this one i laughed out loud i laughed so many times at this book because mia in my opinion she's kind of like neurotic and really dramatic i remember i just related to her as like a 14 year old girl um especially one with big feet um <laughs> i have size 11 feet and she has all these crises about her feet and their size and i'm like this is this is such like a spiritual relationship that we have here (laughs) oh so that's interesting that the second movie um doesn't you know it's based off the idea but doesn't have a lot to do with the books um there has been rumors about that julie andrews and anne hathaway want to do a third movie which i would love that would be awesome but i guess that would like just be from whatever the directors come up and up based off of Meg Cabot's story. Yeah, I honestly was, I think I have it as a note in here that I saw a tweet about people saying that this should be made into like a Netflix series, which I think that would be great because it's like, it could be super diverse with all Mia's friends and a little bit in it. I feel like it would be almost like clueless, but make it in New York and- In the 2000s. In the 2000s, Yeah. So I think a Netflix series would be really good and hilarious. Yeah, that would such be such a like it was such a like time capsule of the early two thousands too. It was. <laughs> All of the like cultural references are so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into some of those, but they're definitely some fun ones. Um, but back to some of the differences. Um, so one Another big difference about in the first movie, they are all um seniors and they're all eighteen. Oh um, she is. Yeah, but, and, like, they're, you know, going to prom, about to graduate, et cetera, going off to college. Um, And Mia, like, her ball is turning, you know, having her 18th birthday party. But in this book, Mia is 14. She's a freshman. She just started high school. You know, failing algebra. Yeah, I was going to say, she has, like, the typical, like, freshman (laughs) struggles of failing failing algebra. And and I was horrible at math, too. Like... (laughs) another similarity but yeah so failing algebra dealing with the mean girl you know having a crush on the older guy that whole thing but on top of that date her algebra teacher yeah Mm, that's a whole can of worms (laughs) Um, but i like when the pages just have algebra homework on the bottom (laughs) (laughs) those were fun yeah and then to top it all off you know she finds out that she's a princess but yeah, like I was mentioning earlier, so she's only 14, and then her, you know, fa- infamous crush, Josh, is Josh 18. Richter. Yeah. And then isn't... <laughs> oh my um, gosh. <laughs> isn't Michael Mok- Moskowitz 18 as well? Isn't he a yeah. senior? Yeah, he's a They're little bit seniors. older than she is. Yeah. Michael Moskowitz, I love him. He's great. Another difference was, I would say in the movies, he's more portrayed as just, like, like this guy in a band, and he's not really smart. In um, the books, he's pr- portrayed as, like, someone who's really smart and, like, caring, and, yeah. and he helps Mia um, with algebra and everything, you know. So I think he's definitely portrayed as, like, a better person in the books versus the movie. What do you guys think? Oh, definitely. He just has more depth. I think in the books, and he runs like a webazine. Yeah, um, crackhead. crackhead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are very like yeah. Again, very dated. Um, His I M name is Crackane. Yeah, I love their I M names. Lou- Mia's is Fat Louie. Um, yeah, like her cat, 
and I don't know there's been there's a bunch of passages throughout all the books about fat Louie that make me just like lose my freaking mind (laughs) he like swallowed a sock one time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like Louie's immortal um (laughs) and then what is it but Michael Moskovitz he's better also you've got characters like Lily I think Lily is the most like faithful transition from the book to the movie because she's kind of horrible in both she's just so annoying yeah, she. I, I would say she's more annoying in the book than the movies. I liked her character in the movies, but saying the book, I was like, she's really like not giving me a break at all. I love that the like Moskovitzes are both psychologists, so yeah. Lily is always like psycho psychoanalyzing everyone. Like, yeah, and yeah. she's like, I'm sorry, I'm a borderline. Uh, she's like, I'm a borderline authoritarian personality or something. <laughs> they have a dog named Pavlov. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they're an interesting family. And I don't know. I've definitely had friends like Lily who just like do not give you a break. They don't let you breathe. Oh, jeez. Like mm-hmm. you, you like them, but also at the same time, you're like, Lily, knock it off. Um. And There's... I have a friend named Lily, and it's not her. Isn't there a part where Lily says that, like, um, people who wear purple have, like, uh, some sort of complex? <laughs> yeah, and then the grandmother only wears purple because she's royal. Yeah, I oh think, I guess we'll kind of talk about some characters in the book. The grandmother, big difference um, between the book and the movie is she is not, like, the Julie Andrews fairy godmother she is no this, not at all she when is a I'm... chain smoking drinking all the time french grandmother who is just a, a pill i think it's the best way and she has a, a a mini black poodle named ramel who also <gasps> was cra- he in this i don't remember him i think so a little yeah bit. only a little bit <laughs> he's mentioned like a couple times yeah oh. she's super just snobby royal she has tattooed eyeliner oh yeah i forgot that detail yeah that's such a specific detail there's like a part at the towards the end where like the guy's pretending to be blind oh and she like goes to walk him across the street and he feels her up and she starts like flipping out (laughs) in the middle of the street yeah she's like she's like i wouldn't think that someone would try to feel up my grandma but (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she has no chill. No, yeah. When we were when I was reading this, that was one of the like main notes I wrote down. Where I was like, "She's no Julie Andrews. Who is this woman?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. She's definitely a lot more mean and strict in the book. She only speaks French in the book and demands Mia speaks French to her. There's a point where um, Mia, when Mia goes and sees her, she only wears she wear not only jeez she wore lipstick and her grandmother said she looked like a prostitute yeah. just for wearing lipstick i was like geez louise yeah um, Mia tries to like make herself to her grandmother's standards because she's like you need to wear pantyhose and proper shoes not mia wears doc martens all the time oh um, there's this one line um hang on i just saw it about that that's like actually so hilarious yeah and um, of course the grandma is staying at the plaza hotel um which is where these princess lessons that she's giving mia take place 
Nobody um, messes with a girl in combat boots, particularly when she's also a vegetarian. <laughs> that's so funny it is i love that when i love the description of the plaza penthouse that the grandmother says and that everything is pink there's pink walls a pink carpet pink furniture pink art like everything is pink okay she says something about how it was different from how eloise <laughs> yeah there was a line about like how eloise did not like what does not it? have the up? same plaza that she is going into or something like that yeah what is it my one harry potter reference for this is gonna be the pink everywhere kind of reminded me of umbridge umbridge Dolores umbridge um <laughs> but i think the grandma isn't like as horrible as umbridge is i don't think she's I think evil it's definitely but... what I said I don't think she's evil. Yeah, no, I don't think she's like a racist, like an evil racist. <laughs> but was a shock um when you notice that like the grandmother is not nice, but she like grow not grows on you, but I think you like I find her hilarious. I sort of feel like I could enjoy her in the way that I enjoy Lily where I'm like, "Oh my god, she's being so annoying." But like I still I have fun with her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say, I feel like at the end of the movie, like, her and me... At the end of the movie, at the end of the book, her and Mia finally, like, come to common grounds. They eventually kind of, like, they even each other out, but she always drives Mia insane. And I love, like, the assignments she gives Mia, like, the pe- women who've influenced your life the most list. that I marked that as one of my favorite chapters yeah was the yeah. 10 women I admire most in the world it was hilarious I was like crying laughing when she said um Hillary Rodham Clinton totally recognized that her thick ankles were detracting from her image as a serious politician so she started wearing pants <laughs> oh my god yeah do you want to just read the 10 women that Mia says she's inspired by uh I will happily do it um we have Madonna Princess Diana Hillary Rodham Clinton Picabo Street um I said that like the name of a street. It's a person's name. Um, Leola May Harmon, uh, who's the woman who like had some sort of like facial deformity where they had yeah. to reconstruct her lips. <laughs> uh, Joan of Arc, Christie, the lady cop I once saw give a truck driver a ticket for honking at a woman who was crossing the street. Uh, <laughs> and then Lily Moskovitz, and then her mother Helen Thermopolis. Yeah. The lineup is incredible. Yeah, it's- and her grandmother hates it. Doesn't she like rip it into shreds? <laughs> it's so awesome. Can you believe Grandma tore this up? I'm telling you, this is the sort of essay that could bring a country to its knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One doesn't her grandmother say like, oh. Um, you should put like people like Coco Chanel on here, and she, she said does. something about yeah. Coco and doesn't... Chanel was a Nazi. Doesn't she say? <laughs> yeah, she might. That's so funny. Doesn't she say something about that? Doesn't the grandmother say something about that? Like she's friends with Coco Chanel, and then Coco Chanel like came over and like made her a dress or something. But I was like, Coco Chanel died in 1971, and this she supposed to be 2000. To... She went to the Chanel store to get a dress for the dance at the end. Yeah. Oh, I thought the I thought she, the grandmother said something about like yeah, her being yeah, friends with have. her. She could have. I don't yeah. remember, but you're probably you might be right. I don't remember though. Um, what is it? And mentioning her mom, Helen Thermopolis, she's just like. I think it's funny because like Emily, you have here that she's portrayed as a hot mess painter who is irresponsible. 
Yeah. Half of me thinks that, like, Mia is just this very, like, for her upbringing, she's very straight-laced. I guess very, not methodical, but, like, things to go a certain way. And thinks of herself as more of an adult than she is. And her mother is just this free spirit painter Mm. who kind of does what she wants. Yeah, her mom doesn't, why I wrote that is because, yeah, she's more portrayed of just kind of like a hot mess who doesn't, like, take care of Mia. Like, she always, like, I don't know, she doesn't, like, make Mia dinner or anything. It's always, like, they get takeout. She just kind of, like, lets Mia wander off, you know, in New York City. And, I don't know, just, like, doesn't take care of her daughter a whole lot. Which, like, I get Mia's 14 and maybe she can just, like, take care of herself now, but make the mom seem um sort of disorganized yeah Yeah, and like the grandmother (laughs) is very like disapproving of her which i feel like they show a little bit of that in the movie and like a little bit of the mom being disorganized like i know she's a painter and i remember like in the movie you know they're throwing um like darts at balloons to like splatter paint which is i always i remember seeing that and being like i want to do that that's cool i always wanted to do that yeah but yeah she's like definitely portrayed more as like a disorganized person in the book um it's funny how the main plot in the beginning of the book is just like that her mom is wanting to date her algebra teacher and that's <laughs> yeah. that's the plot that's right it yeah <laughs> um what is that i love whenever helen says like oh frank frank isn't that bad mia and she's like it's mr giannini yeah. i could be making that up in my head but like that's how it was yeah He's, like, wearing underwear in her house this one yeah. time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. <laughs> she has a I... complete breakdown over that. <laughs> she flips out. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, who um, wouldn't? Yeah. I love when she's, can... like, I'm writing this to you from the bathroom in a restaurant. Yeah. Or, like, all the yeah. time. <laughs> um, can I read another one of the lines from the 10 women I admire most in the world essay that she writes? Yes. Uh, this is from the Princess Diana section. The night Princess Diana died, I unplugged the TV and said I would never watch it again since the media was what killed her. Then I regretted it the next morning, but when I couldn't watch Japanese anime on the sci-fi channel because unplugging the TV scrambled our cable box. (laughs) It's just so funny. Doesn't the grandmother also disapprove of Princess Diana for some reason? Yeah, I think so. I don't think the British royal family approved of Princess Diana either. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Who did? Rest in peace. The second episode in a row that we have. Um, that we have said rest Prince in Bella. peace to Prince Philip. <laughs> so, like, the British royal family actually, like, the Queen and Prince Philip liked her, mm-hmm. but Charles is a jerk. And yeah. we, are, we do not stand Prince Charles on this podcast. No. Um, I can get into, like, the whole reason why they, like, had them get married, basically. Because mm. um, he was 32, and basically he wanted to marry Camilla all along, but she was married and then got divorced, and he couldn't get married to divorcee. Um, no, and Diana was forbid. this virginal 18-year-old when they, um, or she got married at 20. And he was 32, which I don't know if I'd mentioned that, but that was the same age as Princess Diana's mom and dad when they got married. Her mm. mom was 20 and the dad was 32. Interesting. Wasn't there a part in this book where I think it's either the grandmother or someone else 
Oh, it might have been um, Tina's, someone in Tina's family, like, stayed at the same hotel as um, Charles and Diana, and they and they slept in separate bedrooms even then, and that was their honeymoon. Is oh, that yeah. what she says? <laughs> That's honestly probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, another character, Tina Hakambaba, who is... I kind not- of love her. She's not... So she's Indian, right? Yeah. I think she's... Um, or Arabic? Arabic, maybe? Yeah. Well, her dad is, like, this oil baron, um, and her family is super rich, and she isn't in the movie at all, which... um Disappointing. And her uh, thing is that she has a bodyguard. Yeah, she's basically <laughs> in the same situation that Princess Mia's in, where Mia has a bodyguard that she has to bring to school, um, who's... It's, his name is Joe, right? Or Lars. No, Lars. Lars is. I don't know what area. Tina's. I don't know what Tina's. Um, I think bodyguard like, is called. Yeah, I remember. But I know Mia's is Lars. Yeah, but they basically meet when like Lily's being super mean to her, and she has no one to sit they with. They get into a fight because she doesn't uh, support Lily's. Um, Lily's thing about the the um, protest. Yeah, what is it called? Hogate. Ho- where the yeah. So, <laughs> what is it called? Hose Bakery? Hose Deli. No, oh, you're right. Giving, it's the deli uh, across the street from the school. What is it? They're giving like a five cent discount to the Asian students. Yeah. And Lily signs are like boycott the racist hose. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Mia's but... like not interested in the cause or whatever <laughs> she's fighting but... for. Yeah, but Tina... oh, because Lily has a TV show too. Yeah, she has that on the. Lily uh... tells it like it is on the like cable access channel. Yeah, and that's what she's like doing this like investigative journalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that she has an actual show, but on in the movie, it's just like she has a show at the high school sort of thing. Like it's a I high think school it is TV public show. Public access still, like it's the same kind of deal. Yeah. Um. um... Going back quick to Tina Hakeem Baba, I looked it up quick to remind us. So her father is um, Saudi Arabian. And, and mom's British, right? Her, no. Her, oh, maybe. But it says her mother is a former model who was related to the King of Sweden. Oh. Yeah. My so- favorite thing about the Hakeem Babas is when she first gets invited to Tina's house. And she's like, yeah. she decides to go because she's like, maybe she has a fountain in her house like Donald <laughs> Trump. And yes. then when she goes, she says, um, you hit the penthouse um, on the elevator buttons and the elevator opens in the Hakim Baba's marble foyer, which really does have a fountain, only you're not supposed to throw pennies in it, I found out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. there's rumors at school that they had a fountain. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, so Tina has this bodyguard because her dad thinks that she'll be kidnapped um, and she really likes romance novels and she's just like, <laughs> she kind of reminds me of Kelly from The Office. That's so funny. But, like, seems sweet. She's super sweet and super nice. Um, My, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, one of the funny things about Tina is that she's rivals, and they're all like, this girl loves this boy with cancer. And also, she's dying, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's all, like, (laughs) bizarre, like, stressful-sounding romance novels. And then Mia will be, like, concerned about it. And Tina will be like, I already read to the end. And I know that he actually defeats the cancer so yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah also you mentioned uh what is it there's do we so cover many... fall on our stars yeah <laughs> oh god there's 
all these random throughout the series because Mia lives in New York, but like pre-presidency Trump references. Yeah, there's like a part like... where she's crying in the plaza when her dad tells her that she's princess and Ivana Trump is like on the other side of yeah. the plaza watching. <laughs> yeah, there's like, it's so weird now. Like, yeah. back then he was just like a super rich dude with The Apprentice. Yeah. But it's weird. It is. Yeah. Or like when he's in Home Alone. Yeah. Mm. Or he's in a Sex in the City episode once too. Yeah. It's that was I'll have to show you guys that clip because it is weird. Oh um, my gosh. He just like makes a cameo, but he's in it. Mm-hmm. Weird. That's um, so funny. Another fun thing we kind of mentioned this briefly. So obviously the book came out in two thousand and just all the like nostalgia two thousands references. Um I have a couple to start us off. One funny thing is the grandmother doesn't like VCRs. Like, they're too high-tech for her. And it's just funny thinking, like, really, VCRs are what's too high-tech for her. Yeah. Um, And then Mia also mentions that she wants to be Britney Spears. And yeah. I, like, laughed at that really hard because I was like, um, I guess that's relevant for the time, but no one would say that now that they want to be Britney Spears. <laughs> Poor Britney. Something else, uh, this might be so random, but about the Moskovitzes, uh, there's this one part where they they go to a benefit for the homosexual children of survivors of the Holocaust. Yes. I was like crying laughing because that is so specific. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I love the, uh, what is it, the social, this book is like, even though it's like, you know, 20 years old now, it's hella woke. It's um, so good. Yeah. Mia is a vegetarian. She wants to go after high school, join Greenpeace, and save the whales. Save the whales in Iceland. And then her dad eventually bribes her to do princess lessons with giving her like an $100 a day donation to Greenpeace. Also, mm-hmm. um, if this was, if this took place in 2021, um, Mia would have definitely Googled her father. Um, yeah that's what i was thinking yeah. as i was like she said she did a project on like countries and genovia was one of them and i was sort of confused as to how she didn't like see her grandmother's name or her dad's name as yeah. like the leader yeah yeah so i think what is that well they're the royal family these books are like in depth with how the royal family works because mm. um, i think they have a prime minister and then the royal family is just kind of figureheads. Oh, like England is now. Yeah. Um, but I think they're like a little bit more politically active. And mm-hmm. then in a later book, her dad runs for like some political office or like president or hmm. something like that. Oh, yeah. Because I think going back to that project thing, I think, yeah, she mentioned that like she saw who the prime minister was, but didn't look into like the royal family at all or something. Oh. Like that just happened to slip out. Oh, yeah, and back- also, Genovia is supposed to be a mile long. That makes no sense. I can't tell if Mia's, like, exaggerating about how tiny it is, or if it actually is a, like, square mile-sized I mean, country. I think Mia exaggerates a lot, but <laughs> everything is, like, a everything is a crisis. Yeah, seriously. But that's how you are when you're 14, too. So. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that going back to the thing about her being a vegetarian can i just say that one of my favorite lines was when she talks about her mom like she made her dinner 
this like one time because I think it was when she had to tell her that um, her she was dating her algebra teacher. Um, but she says um, she even respected my rights as a vegetarian and didn't put any meatballs in the sauce, which was really yeah. funny that she goes respected my rights. And then later on, um, when she's like this little bit of a spoiler, but she's on a date with Josh and Josh oh, yeah. I have so much to say about him. We can go yeah. over that in a minute. Yeah. And he, without even asking what she wants, just buys her a steak. And he buys her she, steak for the whole table. Everyone yeah. filet mignon. And then and he champagne. buys nine bottles of champagne. And she's like, he's 18. Can't they tell he, he's underage and has yeah. a fake ID? They didn't even ask him for so his ID. The main plot, well, the second half of the book, besides Mia being a princess and Mia's mom dating her algebra teacher, there's this cultural diversity dance um, that she is Einstein High School, which is their high school, is throwing, and she does not have a date to the dance. Um, and so eventually, out that she's this princess. So, Sorry. Josh Richter, who is the hot senior who's dating Lana Weinberger, um, asks her to go, and Mia kind of has a freak out um, and goes with him, and her grandmother gets her all ready for the. And he orders, they go to this steakhouse, he orders steak for everyone, Mia's a vegetarian, I'll get sloshed, and it ends up being a disaster, and then Mia's friends eventually rescue her, and she dances with Michael Moskowitz, and it's super cute ending, hilarious, because Mia gets herself into all these, not problems, but like situations, and that's a whole funny scene, but I talk about I have it down here as hashtag Lana got coned. Oh my god, when she throws the cone at her (laughs) at lunch. (laughs) Yeah, so Tina is super nice and buys Mia some ice cream at lunch, like a big ice cream cone or whatever. Um, And Lana says something. I don't even remember what she says and she shoves it in her It's something about her haircut, right? Yeah. Because the grandmother makes her get this haircut, and she comes home with it, and her mom is like, hey, Rosemary, where's your baby? Yeah. Which, <laughs> if you guys have seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. But, and then she shoves the ice cream cone into her chest, and it was it was justice for, like, nerdy girls everywhere, I swear. I was also thinking earlier, like, this book, I don't know, it kind of, Meg Cabot and her other books, they make, like, nerdy girls, and, like, quirky not quirky but like all not i don't even know like normal nerdier girls cool and mm-hmm. to um talk about josh richter a little bit i have i have these two sections about him uh folded in um at the beginning when she first brings about it brings him up um, she talks about how she saw him at the store and she says he was buying Dracar Noir, a men's cologne. Oh my god! I got a free sample of it from the sales girl. Now I can smell Josh whenever I want to in the privacy of my own home. Do you guys know what Dracar Noir okay. smells like? Okay, I am fucking. That's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. What? Wait, what's your confession? <laughs> did, wait, did you get a sample of Dracar Noir? No, but I just remember the kid I had a crush on for like all of middle school. Uh, he wore that cologne and I yeah. found out and I'm like 
oh my god that's like in the princess diary oh my god <laughs> and it doesn't, it, i i like i remember i liked the smell but i yeah. was also like a love struck eighth grader so i don't know if it smells good to this day um <laughs> but i remember he like had the bottle of cologne in his bag and i'm like oh my god i i think it smells all right it um it's the like cologne that inspired the smell of axe but it is it's different from axe oh really interesting yeah oh god axe it's dracar noir is different from axe though i think in my opinion (laughs) yeah because axe is definitely like that middle school smell boy smell yeah i think axe is like straight poison i swear <laughs> this other part I have, I have marked about um josh richter is just the part where um it was basically a josh richter red flag for me yeah. which <laughs> is there's the so many where he's he, him and lana go and sit with her at lunch oh my god and then I saw this tray sliding over next to mine. It was loaded down with two double cheeseburgers, large fries, two chocolate sh- milks, <laughs> two chocolate milks, a bowl of chili, a bag of Doritos, a salad with French dressing, a pack of yodels, an apple, and a large Coke. When I looked up to see who could possibly be ingesting that many saturated fats, I saw Josh Richter pulling out the chair next to mine. It's just like, she's Louise. Is he psychotic? <laughs> I was like, is he okay? He's an 18 year old boy. Very true. Very true. Yeah. They can process everything. <laughs> I was just like, oh God. Like, I don't think that my sounds brother. Disgusting. I don't think my brother, who's ever like, dealt with the da- like a dairy intolerance a day in his life. Kid drinks like <laughs> half a gallon of milk a day. <laughs> oh my Jeez. God. Yeah. Um, as I think. I didn't finish saying this earlier, um, that I love when she goes later at the um, dance, goes into the bathroom and writes in her journal about Josh Rector and says, he didn't even respect my rights as a vegetarian. Yeah. And, and, then, and then Lily is yeah. like, she's a vegetarian, vegetarian you sociopath. sociopath. All of the, and then, and then she agrees to go on Lily Tells It. Lily tells it like it is, yeah. like Lily's little show. And she says she, she, she grants her the, exclusive interview rights as long as she asks her her opinion on the meat industry yeah as we're not surprised <gasps> wait emily places that's awesome because they only had like a couple of them and i think eventually they just bought the whole set that's um, awesome so i would stop bothering them <laughs> <laughs> yeah so back to josh richter real quick um to no one's surprise he's a total jerk and irresponsible yeah very true. He's on the um, cross team, right? He does something. It's funny because you don't realize until when she asks to go on the date with him. Oh, like she she says it in front of like her mom and Mr. G. She that's like when you realize that like oh he's like kind of a loser or asshole. I think he's just like a jock because Mr. G's like oh he's a bad kid he does drugs and then you're like wait what and then you like see the date with him and you're like oh yeah, yeah. He's just he a gets jerk. drunk yeah yeah i mean you you know that like he only pays attention to her cuz it comes out in the tabloids that she's a princess yeah for sure just like how um in the movie um going back to michael again just like one funny last thing about him so i mean he is in a band in the books as well but it's funny that at the end you know after they 
um, dance, have a dance at the dance and everything. She doesn't make the com- connection when Michael sings a song to her, and the song is called Tall Glass Water because Mia's tall, you know, she's 5'9", yeah. has size 10 shoes, like we mentioned. Um, and the, the description of the song is just about, like, this tall, pretty girl that he's in love with, and she, like, doesn't pick up that it's about her, which is yeah. funny. Michael Moskowitz is a very big part of the entire series. Um, yeah, and always- Lars and Michael are always like make- giving each other looks, and yeah. he's always like, "How come boys give each other looks all the time?" And they know what that means. And then, yeah. like after he dances with her, him and Lars like high five. Yeah, <laughs> it's like obvious that like Lars knows he's into her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. And then what is it? There's the other guy, Boris Polowski or whatever. Yeah, they make him sit in the closet during the, like, study hall. Yeah, they have the, what is it, the whole, like, the one constant throughout the whole series is G&T, which is this gifted and talented class, which is just study hall. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. That they all, like, I don't know, it's all of Mia and her friends. Um, she work, um, Michael helps her with her algebra homework. Yeah, she's, like, I think she has the whole crisis of like why am i even in this class because she's not a genius like the other kids mm-hmm. yeah yeah she beats her up herself up for being bad at one subject yeah i kind of uh didn't like lana for most of it because she was like always so mean oh, yeah, and, then, I don't... and then i sort of felt bad for her by the end yeah she like i, can, I remember was, like... that she becomes kind of okay yeah, I could see her becoming okay because I was like, yeah, her boyfriend just dumped her for like this girl that he's gonna like only date to be on the cover of a magazine. Literally. And then what happens? Like Afghanistan gets bombed, and so the story of her getting oh, yeah. her first kiss outside of the dance like gets yeah. dropped and replaced with like war. That's so two thousands. <laughs> Is there anything else? Um, I don't know. Other than I just really love this book. I yeah, this so was funny. fun. I, I, it made me want to read the other ones because it was like so funny. Yeah, the other books kind of follow this same formula of all of these things happening. Mia's life falling apart, some big event, and things get resolved, sort of. And nice. Then- yeah, I definitely want to find time to read more or... Um, something fun about this book was this is the first audiobook I did Ooh. and it was Anne Hathaway reading it. So I definitely recommend that listen to the audiobook Ooh. versions of them because it's Anne Hathaway and that was really cool because oh that God. like made the connection more of like the movie and the book. So yeah, that'd be super cool if I could find more audiobooks that she did. Yeah, I have the second book and I might read that over the weekend. Mm. Yeah, it's really short too. It's like 200 and something pages yeah they're quick reads should we yeah. change our podcast to just princess diaries i know <laughs> or maybe just princess books because we covered the american royals we're yeah. debating covering the selection i feel like we have a very strong theme of like young girl coming of age yeah. like very girly books we could call this podcast coming of age or something <laughs> or like we could call it like princess book i, I don't know That'd be fun. Oh. Princess books. <laughs> yeah, I'll read more princess books. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have like classics and then like princess books. Because I think the next book, we're not going to spoil what it is, but I think the next book we're going to cover is a classic. Yeah. But that's still like a young girl, like coming of age story. It yeah. is. You're right. <laughs> we, need to, we either need to diversify or streamline. I think we need to lean into this. I think we need to lean in. <laughs> <laughs> this niche. We can princess or whatever. Mm, I've never read that. But there's a quote from it at the beginning of this book oh yeah let me see it says whatever comes she said cannot alter one thing if i am a princess in rags and tatters i can be a princess inside it would be easy to be a princess if i were dressed in cloth of gold but it is a great deal more of a triumph to be one and all the time when no one knows it that's from a little princess by Frances hodgson burnett it's a good book that sounds cute you've read it yeah cool it's not i don't think the girl is actually a princess Mm. but it has like the theme of that cool i won't give it away because i don't know the correct plot i think at the top of my head but that's cool yeah are we giving we ratings out of um, how- oh yeah so how many, okay i how many know tiaras we... <laughs> are... we struggled with the the rating out of 10 so i was like trying to think of another way to do it Maybe yes. five stars, but we do thumbs five up, tiers. thumbs down, thumbs How in the many middle. Like that fat Louis chewed. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea of doing like we can try doing it on a one to five scale instead of it being a five stars. We do um, five TRs, like Emily said. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I give it probably what is it? I definitely give this book like four TR or. Three point no four tiaras out of five <laughs> because it's still my, so still a struggle. Yeah, my logic for giving it like a higher rating than I think everyone else will give it is because of the nostalgia. I think it's super relatable. Like even the the technology and stuff isn't relatable now. Like I'd still recommend this to like my cousin who's in ninth or tenth grade. Um, I'm like it's still relatable with girl stuff and of course it's she's a princess and it's hilarious and i just love this book i think i'll give it um i was thinking either three or four tiaras out of five tiaras somewhere in that range because i had so much fun yeah. I want to read the other ones it was so <laughs> funny i was like laughing out loud at some of the jokes yeah, definitely. I maybe this works out better because I feel like we're on, on the same basis with only going um to five because I yeah, was gonna say four tiers. Ten yeah. gives like way too many choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say four tiers as well. I would say, um, the only thing is I wish I would have read it when I was younger. I feel like yeah. maybe I would have liked it more in like middle school, but I mean, you know, that's on me, obviously, yeah. not on the book. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and same, I like, hope I find time to either listen to more of the audiobooks or read more of them. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Any other business that we need to get to? Um, That's all I have. Those are all my notes. Yeah, that was everything I had marked. Yeah, definitely. So, do we, we recommend this book? Yes, yes, absolutely. 100%. And we're going to put it on the bookshelf. Thanks for listening. 
Next week, we'll be covering the Betty Smith classic, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. If you're not already doing it, follow us on Instagram at shelfmates.pod. If you've got a book that we should totally read, send us an email at shelfmatespod at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs>